I flirted with the idea of doing a podcast. Um, it's fantastic. Look, it is. Um, I guess I just think it's, one, I don't have the space for it. Um, two, the thought of having to find an interesting guest every week is just, it's very overwhelming. Um, and I, I, I can imagine it's, it might be difficult for you as well uh, to find interesting guests. Um, so easy. Um, maybe it is. It, it's, just not, it's just not in my DNA. So easy. I, I, have, a, I have a Filipino girl mm -hmm. uh, from Upwork. And I tell her keywords to put in LinkedIn, and then she shows me a bunch of resumes or, or wow. accounts. And then I just look through them, and I see which one do I find that clicks with me, I find interesting. And that's how I found you. And it's, it's really that simple. It's, it's uh, like uh, a... Look, look, I suppose it is. Um, it's just not in my DNA. Yes, they're recording. No, the keys aren't with me. So they're either in the car or they're with Akashi. All right. So the way the recording works is that we have these three cameras mm -hmm. and they're connected to a switcher, an ATEM. Mm -hmm. Which is brilliant about the switcher and ATEM is that in post, if they're not pressing the buttons to switch the cameras, they can fix it in post. Oh, because you've got all three feeds, basically. Exactly. So it's not a tricorder. No. Ah, very good. So it's, it's super, are super... Are these red convenient. cameras? Uh, no, these are black magic. Oh, right, okay. Um, I have, I don't know, I have an issue with red. Hmm. Yeah. What's the issue? I think they're, they're, the way they treat their customers is just horrendous. So, so see, this is all the stuff that I have literally no interest in. Really? When I mean interest, I mean like I think it's interesting that you're talking about it. Mm. But the thought of having to go source the cameras, figure out what goes where, do all that, it's just too much. I, I just, Such I, an enjoyable like, process. Like if, if, if someone did that for me, mm -hmm. I'd be happy to sit down and talk for hours and hours and hours. I'm good at talking. That's fine. Mm. Um, but all this stuff, I, I have no interest. Do you not enjoy puzzles? Uh, I love puzzles. Um, Just think of it as like puzzles with electronics. Here's the thing. I don't have time for puzzles. <laughs> and, and, and that's you live in Bahrain. I don't believe that for a second. No, man. I mean, like, um, I have my daytime job, um, fam family, obviously, um, studying. Mm -hmm. right? I'm doing CFA right now, which is just a time suck uh, mm -hmm. that you can't really even imagine. Um, or maybe you can, I don't know. Um, so the thought of sitting down for hours and hours researching and then buying and then finding out, oh, I bought the wrong thing. Okay, setting it back. And it's just, I, I like to have things. That's why I'm an Apple user, right? Everything just works. I don't have to think about it. I have to do settings. It's just there. It's fine. Maybe when I was younger. Mm. Well, how old are you now? I'm 39. All right, I'm 31. See? So we're not that much of a gap you're, between you're, the so two of us. You'd be surprised the difference between 31 and 39. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Because I don't feel like I'm much I'm that different than being tw between when I was 24 and 31. Um, I would say probably from 19 to 30, I did not feel different. Okay. Uh, and so, then at some point, like, I'll give you an example. I would always finish a movie when I was younger. Even mm -hmm. if it was the worst movie in the world, I would watch it to the very last just to see if there's something there to make the movie magical or to make it special, or some aha moment. Mm -hmm. I've reached a point in my life where I'll walk out of a cinema if I'm not getting what I want from the movie. Like I, watched, I walked out of Top Gun. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, never watched the original. I thought I'd watch this one. Everyone was raving about it. Halfway through, I just, I just couldn't. Okay. 
so why am I wasting my time? I, I I've watched the original and I I feel like that that hit my Top Gun spot. And I don't feel like like I watched the trailer. I never felt like you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> let's watch. Go, uh, let's yeah. go watch the remake of the movie I was like meh about in the eighties. Well, I'm sure like it was perfectly serviceable, but at some point I just don't want to waste time. Like, I've got so much going on. I don't want to waste time. So even like at home, if I'm watching a movie, I'll just turn it off. Hmm. Next, uh, which I never would have done in my twenties. Like no way. We we operate very differently. The two of us. Because probably a good thing for me. I I have movies on the background while I'm doing work. Oh wow! And for me, if I wanted like 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 I remember when I was doing my undergrad, I would have Star Trek. I would have Star Trek Next Generation on. Obviously. Obviously, while I was writing my essay, mm-hmm. and every 500 words, I would take a break to read a chapter of a book that had absolutely nothing to do with the essay I was writing, just to refresh my brain. It'd Interesting. Give me something I'm interested in reading. And then I would read a chapter and then I would get back to writing. And by the end of the day, I would be able to tell you the episodes that I watched and the storyline from that, what I've written and from the book. Yeah, I don't have that kind of... I mean, like, look, I, when I'm working, I do listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I get through it. Um, and it's kind of interesting, right? The development of your industry, like the podcast industry. Because I remember the first podcast I ever listened to was in 2006 or seven. I don't really remember. It was a BBC podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the only reason I even discovered what podcasting was is I, I was listening to something in the car and I didn't have an MP3 player in my car. So it was either listen to a CD or listen to the radio. So I'd listen to the BBC um, thinking that it would make me smarter. And um, I just caught the tail end of an episode. And I was like, oh, I want to figure out when this is going to air again so I can listen to it. So I went to the website and it said, download now. And I thought, that's interesting. So I started downloading all these BBC episodes. And back in those days, and I don't know if you have the same thing, I was like dying for content, like dying to find things to, to listen to. And I'm sure we got into the same things like uh, Twit and, and you know the whole Twit network and those kinds of things. Uh, Adam Carolla, like the really, mm. really early guys. And now I have to like delete podcasts because I just don't have the time. I'm listening to everything at 1.5. Mm, I tried mm. 2x. It's just that's that's a bit too much for my brain to comprehend. There's just so much content. Um, Bob Iger said that they said he said there's more content on the planet than there's eyeballs to watch them, or ears to listen to them, or, or brains to process them. Mm. Right. So I'm I'm wondering like what is the metaverse even going to be because I, I I it's okay don't have the attention span. Right? I, I, I don't know how anyone could to even immerse yourself into yet another world. Um, well, which the, is why I'm kind of bearish on the whole metaverse thing. I, I, maybe you know, I'm an old fogey. I just don't get it. Do you, when I think of the metaverse, I think of it how the internet was in the 90s with cyberspace. Cyber. Right? Such a 90s word. And I feel like that's, the, that's, that's what it's going to be. Remember Hacker, the old yeah. m- movie from... 1989 or something like that or 1992 and i feel that that's where we're heading towards i love the idea of being able to sit in an airplane and not having to worry what movie or whatever you're watching or document you're writing Mm -hmm. especially if there's kids around you can't watch like a hard 18 (laughs) right you're kind of like you're sitting there like the asshole then (laughs) Uh, yeah but you know like look i get it right that's a great use case you put on your glasses and, and and whatever but to me, that's so edge. All right. Like, I don't like, that's such an edge case. Like, how many 
hardcore movies are you watching on a plane that you have a kid next to you? I mean, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I never watched it. There we go. Too much content. There we go. Uh, John Wick. All that kind of stuff. Well, well, John Wick is fine. Well, John Wick's not really a hard 18. Like, there's shooting, but so what? I mean, as long as you got your AirPods in, does it really matter? I guess, like, I don't know. I've I've been stopped so many times, like, by the seat, like, next to me, like, by a mom or something like that. And it's happened to me more than once. Seriously? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's like, hey, do you mind not watching that while my kid is here? Wow. (laughs) That is so interesting. Yeah. That is so fun. I mean... I've literally never, I've ne- I don't think I've even ever sat next to a kid other than my own. Um, huh. Like, I heard of people watching, like, saying that during the pandemic, they'd wear their, pandemic, they'd wear their, um, whatever the meta uh, goggles are. Goggles are, yeah. Uh, the name is escaping me. And they'd watch movies with their friends. Oculus Quest, yeah. Thanks. In the, in the metaverse, I'm thinking to myself, I just can't imagine doing that. Maybe I just have to try it maybe I just have to live it and do it and just pick up a quest one day and, 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 and do it. I just, where's the tactileness? Maybe it's fun for a time, but where's the tactile? Where's the smell of the popcorn, the feel of the seed? I don't know. See, this is the, the, where me and you, I think, are, are in the later generation mm-hmm. because a lot of people growing up today, especially from, from the guys that I know are younger than me, they don't have physical friends. They have friends that are on tick, not TikTok, sorry, uh, PlayStation or Xbox yeah. or Steam or something like that. And they don't really like go out and meet people. That's not their world. That's true. I mean, like, I think you're right. I mean, I am an elder millennial, um, for better or worse, which means I, I definitely grew up with video games. Hmm. Uh, I love video games. I think video games are awesome. Um, but I never could get into sort of online gaming. Thank you. Me and you are both the same on that. It, it just... It feels so odd. The audio like, is always terrible. Audio is terrible, lag, all that kind of stuff. I mean, for me, the ultimate game to play when I want to kill my friends is GoldenEye, mm-hmm. uh, which might be a little bit too late for you or too early for you. I'm not sure. But GoldenEye is like James the best Bond. game ever. Yeah, yeah, Nintendo 64. N64, four controllers. To me, unbeatable. Um, I've tried Modern Warfare. I've tried those kind of games. I just can't. I can't get into it. GTA, like the GTA 5. So I, my cutoff is GTA 4. GTA 5 where it's open world and you're running around trying to kill other people. I, I just... Yeah, I couldn't do that either. I couldn't do it. For, for me, it was um, Batman, Dark, Batman, Arkham, Arkham Knight. That's the game. Okay. That was the, the last game that I remember having the time finishing it and that game was like eight years old now <laughs> oh mine is i'm gonna date myself now but mine was probably san andreas okay probably i did finish it but even that the world was just a bit too big mm. i would say if, if in the gta series um the miami one is probably the best yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you on that size was perfect open world but not too random like the thought of playing red dead redemption red dead, dead redemption, redemption. um I, I would never buy that game. Like, riding my horse and walking for six hours, like, what is even the point? Yeah, I'm with you on that. But there are people who, who's, like, that's... Did you... That's so, their life. Are you familiar with uh, Penn & Teller? 
sounds familiar. Go on. Uh, they're 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 like these two magicians. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Pendulette's very tall. Tall, and the other guy's very short. short and yeah, one yeah, doesn't yeah, talk. yeah, yeah. And they do like ba- behind the scenes where they show you how the trick then happens. They show you how the trick is done. Yeah, yeah, basically. yeah. yeah. Um, which is just a lot of sleight of hand. Like they have this really cool one um, where they show you how did they do uh, the cups and the balls. Um, mm. Where they have three balls and three cups, and through a series of events, the balls disappear, and they end up to be three huge balls under the cups. Mm. And um, if you just go on YouTube, you'll find it. It's, it's, it looks very cool. But after they do that, they do it with see-through cups. And you still can't tell what the hell's going on. Like, that is how fast and how good their sleight of hand is. Um, which makes the trick even more impressive, in, in my opinion. Um, but they made a game in the 90s, and the name escapes me now. Uh, but it's basically, you're driving a bus. Bus, yes, and you cannot move. You have to constantly press. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember it. And you are just driving to Las Vegas. Yes. And it is the most boring game in the world. And yet there are people, and you'll find YouTube videos, where they're just driving for 16 hours. Yes. Having the time of their lives. Yes. Nothing happens. Yes. Literally nothing. Um, do you know why that game got, got made? No. Well, I, maybe I do. Tell me, and maybe a little spark a memory. Uh, they made it as a protest because one one of the arguments that they that the government was currently going at, like how they did against the comic books in the nineteen forties, sure. they said in the on the video games that they're breeding violence, uh, they're corrupting the youth, oh, yeah. and so in, to protest that they said, "Well, we've made yeah. <laughs> like the most, most boring game ever." Yeah, we made the most safest game ever made. It's a sixteen-hour bus ride. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very that's very pendulum. Yeah, that is very. And that's exactly the reason why they've made it as a. That's so funny. That's so funny. As a fuck you to the the government. I love it. Uh, Violence in video games. Has it ever been proven the correlation? Probably not, not, right? There's not. I mean, I played. I played. I've played tons of violent video games. I mean, for God's sake, I played Duke Nukem 3D in the in the late 90s. I mean, there's there's been movies for almost a hundred years. Sixty of those years, there's been violent movies. Yet we don't have like an outbreak of of serial killers everywhere. Have, have you ever tried to watch an early Bond movie? Yeah, man, they're boring. Really, I, mean, I like them. Let me rephrase. I like them, but if you try to watch it with the mindset of today's Bond movies, they are extremely slowly paced. Like the pacing and the structure is unintelligible to today's movies i will push back against it because i i will say i remember watching singing in the rain mm-hmm. i forgot what the movie's called i think the film is called singing in the rain might be i've never watched it and i felt like i felt like i took painkillers from my brain because it, it just was so relaxing <laughs> you're you, you weren't being like fed a message well well and that's the thing that's why i said if you watch it with the mindset of today yeah because, like, in Dr. No, for example, there's, I think, a two- or three-minute scene where he's checking into his hotel, where it's basically like, hello, Mr. Bond. Well, hello. The usual room? Yes, the usual room. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Can I get this? Yeah, sure. Nothing to do with the plot. It's just James Bond is checking into a hotel. I feel like it's so relaxing. If you have the mindset, it absolutely is. Uh, but if you're going in there thinking you're going to watch Daniel Craig kick ass, no. Like, 100% no. Um, and it's quite nice to see sort of the juxtaposition. Even if you watch movies from the ninth, uh, from the two thousands, I what did I watch the other day? The Losers. Matrix. Oh, okay. The Losers. It's kind of obscure, but it's, it keeps coming up on my Netflix for some reason. Uh, they probably got it for cheap and just want me to watch it. Hmm. Um, there's such a two thousands vibe that I didn't realize there was in the two thousands, which is a lot of uh, jump cut action, uh, a lot of 
putting the name of the place where they're going in like very stylized mm-hmm. um, stylized graphics a lot of very quippy dialogue which Marvel doesn't seem to have let go but very painfully quippy like super American I never realized there was a 2000s vibe but there is a 2000s vibe and it is shameful Hulk uh, is also a really good reference Hulk, for- the Hulk the 2003 yes you'll, you'll rem- when you see the cuts yeah and when, you, when there's like a scene where it comes out and it's like a multicam like yeah. kind of thing like oh that's yeah. how that used to be like yeah and then there's Tokyo Drift as well, which is which, especially the clothing and the cars, Tokyo the attitude. Tokyo Drift. Oh my God, you are bringing back memories. Uh, did I watch? I watched Tokyo Drift. They didn't have anyone except Vin Diesel at the very end and to sort of say, "Oh, by the way, we really are a, a Fast and Furious movie." Yeah. Everything after that, I have no idea what's going on. If you asked me to name, a, well, not name them. The naming convention is actually pretty easy. You asked me to tell you the plot other than must get thing, fast car, go fast, and we're all one family. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I don't think it has the one family part. That I think in that, <laughs> that series, that's the only one that doesn't have a family angle. Well, the Tokyo Drift one. Yeah, the Tokyo <coughs> Drift one does not. But It's that weird cousin. But apparently somehow they managed to bring Tokyo Drift back into the main timeline because some dude in Tokyo Drift... Became part of the family. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the white dude from Tokyo Drift, he was the guy who died. No, Danny? Uh, Paul Walker. Paul Walker, I think. No, he was in one and two and three, possibly, and four, possibly. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. He got... <laughs> I fucked that up. Can I get an ashtray and some cigarettes and a lighter, please, Danny? He, he got cut out of... Okay, hang on. You're going to really test my memory. He was unable to finish five, I think, which is five... Fast Five, Furious five. Is that the one he died in? Or he just... I think that's where he died. And his brother, mm-hmm. who kind of looks like him, uh, was put into the scene where they all say goodbye. Something like that. Do you think he applied for, for Fast and Furious 6, the brother? I'm <laughs> sure he was sitting next to his phone day in, day out. Just waiting for that phone call. You know, was, I, I bet you, I feel like he, he was like conflicted. Like, should I, should I re- reach out to them? Yeah. Or... <laughs> Well, you know, they, you know where, where he had his mobile phone in his pocket and like, you know, when you have that phantom vibration where he was like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 no, it's not happening. Poor guy. And then they got the rock and well, I'm sure, I'm sure they must have had like, I'm sure he must, he must have had that dialogue. Being what like, do you think about the rock? How do you feel about the rock? From what angle? As an athlete or as a movie star? Just what do you feel about The Rock? He's not really an athlete anymore. Now he's a movie star. I mean, I know he's a gym he's a gym guy and I'm sure his Instagram is full of great athletic stuff. But let's say his personality now, which is big movie star guy. I see Rock as a poor replacement of Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's how I look at The Rock. Yeah. Hmm. Because that's what his archetype is, right? That that bodybuilding huge muscle guy, that's that's what he sells at. That's what he sells his ticket yeah. off. That's a direct lineage from Arnold. I think Arnold made a lot better movies, hell of a lot more memorable movies yeah. than The Rock did. Which he's milking. The Rock or Arnold? Oh, which Arnold is milking. Like, he's retired. Most... What do you want from him now? Well, look. So, so when, when, when Donald Trump got elected president uh, and they needed someone to fill in on The Apprentice, mm-hmm. or to take over rather, mm-hmm. they got Arnold, mm-hmm. which is probably a very bad choice anyway because what does he know about business what does he know about business but fine they just needed a big celebrity and his two or three catchphrases i don't really remember were uh we're not you're fired it's um 
hasta la vista or something like that. Hasta la vista. Yeah, baby. And uh, get to the chopper. Mm. Which is like, dude, come on. I'll be back. It's also a very famous yeah. one. Which is like, come on, dude. And like, he, he kept like, Terminator 2, Terminator 3, Terminator 4, Terminator 5. I'll be back. Come on, dude. Like, get a new, get a new line. I mean, if he's paying him, are you really going to get in between him and his food? If it's, if it's money that's on the table, why okay, should he take fine. it? Let, let, let me put it differently. Guys in the writer room. Yeah. Do a better job. Well, I don't think they even have to because the the IP is so powerful. They know they 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 can yeah, just sell I tickets. I, I went to Terminator Three. I went to Terminator Four. I went to Terminator Genesis. Um, was that the latest one? No, what was the latest one? There was Genesis, and now it's... Revelations. No, that was a series. Um, oh yeah, there was a series as well, which was mm. with uh, with that with that female robot. Yeah. Uh, no, that was Terminator Three. Uh, Salvation. There was a one with a female robot. That was a TV show. There was. Yeah. Oh, that was Salvation. Yeah. It had like a young like teenager. It was okay. weird. It was a weird TV show. Okay, it's all again sort of flowed in and out of time and become something else. Uh, huh. So what's the latest one? They just had one where where they like CGI. Oh my God! Please, that's so cringy. Please, please, just close it. <laughs> Don't. Do not put my LinkedIn. <laughs> Why are you so worried? Dark Fate. I actually like Dark Fate, by the way. I knew there was a Genesis. Uh, yeah, Gen Genesis or Genesis or whatever you want to call it. Which, you know, whenever Hollywood tries to do, the OS is going to take over the world. It's so bad. Um, but the Dark Fate was good. I really like Dark Fate. But uh, I never understood that complaint that I hear from a lot of people where they're like, oh, it's not like the IP is ruined or whatever else. You're not like sitting there going, I'm going to go watch like a Sundance film and feel like watch a movie that's going to like give me an emotion. Do you know what I mean? People are just like, I, I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. And actually probably Predator, which is, so the original Predator, which is just Predator, uh, is one of the best movies ever, in my opinion. Sure. And, 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 and I mean that from, from a structure, script, um, holistic kind of point of view. You could either love it or hate it, and that's fine. But I, I think it's kind of a perfect movie. It, it's very much a perfect slasher movie or a, a, a perfect horror movie, kind of. Um, and the conceit of, of Predator was basically really, really badass alien uh, with lots of technology um, that's out to hunt, much like we hunt lions or we hunt buffalo or whatever you hunt, deer. Um, and our best, most elite guys have to try and kill him. Sure. And in the end, the technology didn't really matter, right? It wasn't really about the technology. It was sort of about the will to survive um, and all those kinds of things. Uh, in the end, it was really literally Arnold outsmarting the alien, not having a bigger gun or a better gun or anything like that. Um, Predator 2 was pretty good. Uh, same kind of conceit in the end. Uh, Danny Glover, a middle-aged guy with a deba bigger than mine, mm -hmm. uh, had to beat the Predator, and it's fine. Predators was pretty good as well, uh, which was the one on the alien island, uh, planet. Then you get 2019 or 18's The Predator. Garbage. Hot garbage. I would say anything after the first one was was trash. <laughs> no, no. I, look, Danny Glover, come on. But they, but but they built on the lore. The tension was there. Um, they just milked the IP. I wouldn't call it milking because they changed the setting. It it was different. 
they didn't sort of bring Arnold back and say, the Predators are back and you're the only one who can stop him. It was still sort of that, bis- that mystery, that building up, what's going on, right? Which, which is the first three quarters of, of the original Predator is basically what is happening. Will you honestly tell me that you think that Predator 2 is better than Terminator 2? No. Thank you. But that wasn't my point. But my point is that you bring Arnold back for, term- for Predator 2 and... But why is Terminator 2 better than Terminator 1? Terminator 2 is better than Terminator 1 because in Terminator 1 there was, there, was, there was a central premise, which is basically someone's being sent from the future to kill Sarah Connor so that sure. this thing can't happen. They built on that very well with a nice surprise twist, which if you didn't watch the trailers, you were like, oh, he's the good guy. So they were able to build on that. And, and Predator didn't do that, and that's fine. But they were able to build on it. I think everything after Terminator 2, they didn't build on it very well. They didn't build on the lore or take from the lore or, or sort of take that same... No world building was what you're referring to. Yeah, world building. And they didn't... World building can get out of hand. Hmm. They didn't take that central feeling that you get from the movie. So the central feeling that you get from Terminator is unstoppable machine from the future that we have to sort of figure out how to defeat it. The feeling you get from Predator is unstoppable mystery our guys are dying and we don't know why we're solving this mystery oh it's a giant alien we have to figure out how to kill it but on on that on that same reference point sorry don't you think it's it's fascinating how how they were talking about specifically in this last couple of years how you know there's not been any empowering women and roles and stuff like that Terminator, mm-hmm. Alien, was, uh, where you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. That's what I'm saying, right? Sigourney Weaver was definitely not, uh, what did they call it, a Mary Jo, a Mary... Mary Sue. Mary Sue, thank you. Yeah. She, was ju- she just was, right? It wasn't like, oh, you're just a girl, you can't do it. Well, I'm going to show them. She just was. I know, right? Isn't and, that so weird? Those are my favorite kind of movies. Just like Prey. Prey is, in my opinion, the spiritual sequel to The Predator. Yeah, a lot of people said that. Just in terms of ambience, feeling. Okay, for us, it's not really a mystery anymore, but for them, it's a mystery what's going on. You could argue that the ending was whatever it is and fine, but thoroughly enjoyable. The Predator was a hot mess. Mm. It was everything in the kitchen sink. Horrible dialogue. Um, zero mystery about what's going on from the perspective of the characters. I'm not from our perspective, obviously. But in, in, in Predator, Predator 2, Predators and Prey, the, from the perspective of the characters, they have no idea what's going on. They are trying to solve a mystery. Why is everyone dying? What is that vague thing that's happening over there? How come we're finding all these animals gutted and inside out? Why are we on this alien planet? Like that, that, That's the theme of Predator. Mm. The Predator, and that brings me back to sort of my original point of why these movies are less enjoyable, because you said, well, what are you expecting from a Terminator movie? What I'm expecting from a Terminator movie is scary robot from the future, chasing a bunch of people, and he can shapeshift or he can change form, and they have to figure out how to destroy him. I'm not looking for any kind of message about social media and how it's destroying society and all that kind of stuff. So when you're asking me, what am I looking for? I'm looking for the simplicity. I'm looking for Commando, where the opening is literally 
Arnold Schwarzenegger walking around with like a huge log. Go fight bad terrorist guys. That's it. See, this is where we went full circle because this is exactly my point with if you have a chance, watch uh, Singing in the Rain. It, it feels like it feels like your own painkillers because your brain just like, oh, my God, I'm not being lectured. <laughs> like, oh, it's just a love story. <laughs> but, but, but like, don't get me wrong. It's fine to have a theme. It, it's perfectly fine. But what, 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 what Hollywood, in my view, has sort of lost touch with is I think they find a script or someone writes a script and it could be a beautiful script. And I think what I'm seeing is their notes. We should have more commentary on this. So someone else comes and punches up the script. And you can literally see it happening on screen. You know why that is? Because I remember watching a podcast. I don't remember who it was where they talked to a former exec from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And they, they was just saying, well, from our standpoint, it's just a way to, to have that armor. It's just for the way not to be attacked by, by people. If we just throw it in somewhere in the plot, if we just make it a theme, yeah. then we're not going to get like, like messaged about it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the whole reason for it. And it just takes away so much from, 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 from films. I mean, um, who was it who, who complained about uh, comic book heroes and Disney movies, Danny? Scorsese. Scorsese, where he said uh, 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 Marvel, Marvel films aren't films, they're theater rides. Yeah, they're, they're theme park rides, 100%. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and they are, and that's fine. And like, look, I am an unabashed, unabashed, Infinity Stone Saga fanboy. There are We're, ups and downs. Sure. 100% there are ups and downs from Iron Man all the way up to Infinity War. No, uh, what's the last one? Endgame. Thank you, Endgame. There are ups and downs. There are some good movies. There are some bad movies. But overall, I loved it. How does it compare to Godfather, though? I've never watched Godfather. Holy shit. <laughs> Maybe do that. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> you know what? I feel like I already know what it's about. I've seen the memes. I'm, I'm good. You know, there's some movies that you just know what they are just by the memes. Sure. And I feel like Godfather is one of those. Like, I promise you, Godfather is, is like such a lesson in cinematography that you're just watching. You're like, wow. You're just like, so wow. So Avatar is not? I would say no. Oh, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go watch Avatar 2. I don't know if you are. I have zero interest. You know what? I will watch it because I'm kind of interested where he's taking it. See, that's where you and I differ again. I was so uninterested in the first movie, or sorry, so underwhelmed. I just, I just don't care. And, and like, I love James Cameron. I think he's done a lot of great work. I'm sort of in the what have you done for me lately mode. I feel like he's got a pass. I mean, he's made Titanic. Which was a fantastic... Which is a good movie. Fantastic film. Do you know where I watched Titanic? On, an, on a ship or on an airplane? No, 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 no. I watched Titanic in Awali Cinema. Yeah. In the middle of Manama. And, uh, and I remember this very clearly because I was sitting with like a bunch of friends. And there was a Saudi guy next to me in tears. Like he was in tears. I don't think I'd ever seen a man cry before in the cinema. Like that, that was amazing. But it was a good movie. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Great. Um, DiCaprio, I like that. D. That D-cap- was cap- <laughs> that was a Freudian cap- slip right there. DiCaprio, I like that. DiCaprio. <laughs> From now on, I need to work on my enunciation. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Freudian slip right there. I think, I think no. 
DiCaprio is actually pretty good. I liked like uh, the first movie I ever saw him was What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Great. Wasn't he one where he's like playing a retard or something? What's Eating like, Gilbert Grape? That's the one, right? Yeah. Um, I think we say otherly abled. I don't care. I don't think we say retard. It doesn't matter to um, me. I, I'm listen. I, I and, cash, he, and he couldn't get that role today. Akash has a really great reference. Akash has a really great joke. We're called unsolved truth because when we get canceled, we can call ourselves the solved truth. Well, there you go. <laughs> I really like that. That's such a good I joke. I don't, think, I don't think podcasters get canceled anymore. That's out of vogue now. Oh, no. Yeah. Infowars with Alex Jones. They tried Joe Rogan. They tried him hard. Yeah, but I think they didn't succeed. And then, like, when you say they tried, I mean, a bunch of people, like, a few, like, relative to his audience... I would say less than 0.01% of the people tried to get him canceled. And it didn't work. Like, so what? I think the media doesn't really want these key people there that have Probably. such a huge sway. Well, look what they're doing um, to Elon, right? They've uh, been trying for a while. I mean, sometimes they love him, sometimes they hate him. It depends on how much he's spending. Well, I think... And people, people get so emotional around the guy. He's just a dude. But do you really think that's real, though? What's real? Because I believe, and I this is maybe one of my conspiracy you think he's an things. Alien. I think all the comments that I read mm-hmm. are bots. Like comments on what? On everything. On everything. On everything. Like like from from Facebook to Instagram to YouTube to Twitter. Mm-hmm. In my heart of hearts, when I read a comment, ninety percent of me goes, "That's a bot." That's probably where you and I differ because I don't read the comments. So what I'm going off of mm. is just headlines, uh, talking heads, and the things they say, and 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 it goes from. Oh my God, he's the best thing ever. Make him the president. He'll solve everything to he is Satan himself, spawned from the pits of hell, come to make our lives miserable. I'm like, he's just a dude. But he's a very rich dude, possibly smart, possibly super smart, uh, but he's just a guy. But th- this is my point, right? I mean, if, if you ever take a chance and you just read through it, some of this stuff like is just so out of context and so nonsensical you're like this is not written by a human being at, at any level well i can explain that and uh, sure and it's actually super easy to explain which is kind of why i don't like and why i'm not on social media which is everybody has to take a point of view on something and once they've taken that point of view they cannot deviate so for example elon a lot of people took the point of view that he's a fraud Way mm. back in the day when he took over Tesla. There, there's something called, I don't know how deep into these things you are, but there's something called Tesla Q. Sure. Who basically were shorting Tesla into oblivion from 2012 probably to about... Bill Gates was shorting Tesla. Yes, yeah. 100%. And so their point of view is basically that he's a fraud. So once you have that point of view, you cannot deviate from that point of view. So whenever there's a success, you have to explain that success away through something. So whatever it is, let's say... Um, You're talking about cognitive dissidence. Yeah, you have to explain it away. Otherwise, what you said earlier is not true. factual. Yeah. So you explain it away with something else. And then you build on that and build on that and build on that. And it happens very slowly and it happens over time. And then suddenly, you know, you're wearing a tinfoil hat going, well, he's... QAnon. Whatever it is. I... I don't know what QAnon really is. I've never gone deep enough to n- understand what it is. Um, but I'm sure that it started somewhere pretty sane. And just by having to explain away a lot of stuff um, or a lot of earlier statements and, and making them true through some other thing, 
you go into crazy territory. Well, you know, crazy territory is, is, I think, is really fascinating because how we verify information has become so removed and that our reliance is, is like, oh, if Google says so, then that's okay. You know, if, yeah. if, if, if we go into, like, for a second, we, t we can talk about, for example, like, the CIA bringing in cocaine uh, uh, in order to, to, to sell weaponry, right? Okay. Read, read the Manson book. Right. The, the name escapes me. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So good. And this guy is not a crackpot. Uh, but there's exactly that this kind of thing. This guy spent 20 years researching this. He was supposed to write an article about Manson for a magazine. And he just kept finding stuff and pushing the deadline, finding stuff, pushing the deadline, until he wrote this book. Mm. He's a good journalist. Mm. This book is crazy. I mean, it is insane. Mm. He was actually a guest on Joe Rogan's podcast. I know exactly, uh, because I watched the episode. Oh, yeah, oh there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Read the book. But it's, 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 it's not just like, I mean, if, you, if, you, if I would have gone around 10, 15 years ago and I would have mm. told people, hey, there's a secret island where rich people go to to fuck kids, mm -hmm. you, you, you look at me and you go like, the guy is completely out of his fucking mind. That, what that, you, that does not exist. That does, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then it, now, <laughs> even into now, right? With What's this guy's name again? It was... Hey, hashtag Jeffrey Epstein Jeffrey didn't commit suicide. Didn't commit suicide, thank you yeah. very much. But even now, when you talk about like Jeffrey Epstein, they go like, no, 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 that was only like, they only had dinner. And well, well, like, what are you talking well, about? And this is the insidious part. So... By the way, nobody knows what happened to those videotapes. All those videotapes somehow disappeared. No one, no one, the, the, uh, uh, Maxwell went to jail, but we, who, what happened to all the, what, what those tapes? What happened to the little black book? Yeah, um, all that disappeared. Surprisingly, she's alive, so I think she's cut a deal. I think she saw which way the wind was blowing. No, I think they're worried that she might have like a dead man switch on her. Either of those things could be true, but she's still in jail. So if she did, that she has effectively perfectly good statement <laughs> and this is the problem so here here's here's the major problem with with why these things happen and and probably what recently happened to paul pelosi is is a perfect example of this so if you're not into american news paul pelosi was recently attacked mm. in his home mm. uh, by some nut job with a hammer mm. paul pelosi is the husband of nancy pelosi mm. who's the speaker of the house mm. and very much hated by the right in in the u.s She's done also some, her husband did some very questionable trading. No, he did some very good trading. Why is it questionable? Well, it's questionable. There's no question about why he did the trades. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so what's the question? <laughs> the, guy, the guy knows what's going on. Exactly. Before anyone else does, so he, he puts on trades. Absolutely. It's called also inside trade, insider trading. So I think that's the issue. No, 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 no. There is a very specific regulation around insider trading, which I'm sure he does not meet the threshold for. The threshold is that you have, you have inside knowledge of the market, what is not publicly available to otherwise. Um, and so if well, you're... well, specifically related to the company. Mm -hmm. So if you know that something's going to happen to an industry, that is not insider trading, my friend. Mm -hmm. That is a very, very different thing. Sure, and if that industry is made up of a duopoly, <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm, I'm being very specific. There is a very specific law around insider trading, which I'm sure he is not. Uh, uh, breaking at all. Yeah, that's why he had to sell a lot of his <laughs> a lot of well, his bids. <laughs> well, fine. N n neither here nor there. He's yeah. made a lot of money, more power to him. As long as there, a law doesn't exist, he should just do it. Why not? That's why we have laws. Sure, but I'm, I'm a big fan for capitalism. I hate cronyism. Fine, make a law. 
that's that's where where, where I stand. I feel like like it, it, I've always believed in Martin um, Milton Friedman's economy mm -hmm. uh, um, ideology of 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 how an economy should function. It the more capitalistic, the more open you make the market, the less regulations you put onto the industry, the more organically and free it can flow, and the best in the market will survive and great for them. Um, the more restrictions and laws you put in place, the more you benefit a okay. subsector of people. Put a pin in that thought. Sure. We'll come back to that because yeah. I want to finish sort of the Paul Pelosi. Go, go, go ahead. So, so what basically happened was he was attacked. We still don't know exactly what happened because they won't release the body cam footage. The thing is, the first instinct of, let's say, the media is to sort of put out this thing. Paul Pelosi attacked by uh, a guy who was uh, basically a right a, a right winger. So people sort of go, well, hold on, you know, Michael Schellenberger did some on the on the ground reporting, found out no, he's just a guy who was actually a hippie, you know, a, a hippie nudist guy. So then you get into all these conspiracies because there's a void of actual information. Like, well, why do conspiracies come up? Because there's a void of actual information. So whenever people go, oh, there's all these conspiracy nuts, yeah because you're not telling them what's going on. Like when there's a void of information, people will fill in the void. Or they're just blatantly lying about that information, right? But, but when things don't make sense, people fill in the void. Sure, and sure, yes, sure. then again, as we said before, then you start building on those things and people start connecting dots where there are none and you get into these crazy, crazy conspiracies. Um, all of which you can sort of trickle back to something that actually happened. Like there's this great podcast um, with one of Joe Rogan's friends, um, the fighter Joey guy. Joey Diaz? No, the no. fighter guy. Uh, the other guy does the tinfoil podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not talking about uh, InfoWars with Alex Jones, are you? No, no, not InfoWars. Um, Alex Jones was quite incredible. Tripoli. Sam Tripoli with another guy. Hmm. And the, the whole premise of the podcast is basically conspiracy guy, thoughtful guy. And they, they, they sort of go back and forth. And, and sort of the through line is every conspiracy is rooted in something, MKUltra, something that really happened where there's a void of information so people have to fill in the blanks. And I would say that all conspiracy theories are a failure of, of the media mm -hmm. and let's say journalists to fill in that void with proper and real and full information. Do you know on the on the subject of MK uh, MK Ultra? Do you know um, who Ted Lewinsky is? Ted Lewinsky, the Unabomber. Can you look him up? I think it's Ted Lewinsky. No, uh, yeah, is it Lewinsky? It's Ted something. Ted, not Ted Bundy. That's a serial killer. No, um, the Unabomber. Ted Ted Dahmer. No, that's another serial killer. It's Ted Kaczynski. Kaczynski. Lewinsky is another. My God, I was close. You know he was part of MK Ultra, probably. Would no, you be it's, surprised? it's 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 yeah. He was he was experimented on while he was a college student. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I, 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 He's I, a direct product of the I, CIA. I, I it's crazy. One hundred percent, I'll be surprised. Um, but why don't they just talk about it? They say, look, we we did experiments. We done messed up. Sorry, we'll do better next time. Um, and that's how you get these crazy, think... crazy, crazy, and that's how you get these crazy. So, so, so a lot of people believe that there's a one world government that's controlling everything. Hmm. It's okay. called bloodlines. Yeah. Have you ever dealt with a government? Yeah. Okay. Do you think anyone in government is capable of organizing this? But do you not see there's a difference between top level and bottom level? I've met top level people. I'm sorry. 
I mean, at the very top? Top enough. Sure, but there, there's recently a picture, there's literally just like, like yesterday there was a video released where um, President Joe Biden was trying to give a speech mm -hmm. about what's going on in the Afghanistan issue. And they had a bunny, like an Easter bunny, come oh, that, out. That was, yeah, that was earlier this year. This was like two days ago. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. He came out and then like shooed. No, bro, bro. This was earlier this year. Was this? Uh, because I just no, saw no. the video yesterday. Well, it was. It, it's, it's recently come up because it was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast again. I can't remember which episode. Uh, it was the Halloween episode. Mm. Uh, but no, this was Easter. Mm. Um, so, so somebody directed that buddy to shoo the person away from well, well, the camera. Well, here, well, 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 here's the thing. There's two ways you could look at it. Either it was just coincidence, mm -hmm. which it could be. It could be. It could literally be that he's like waffling on about something, and it's like, can you get the president? He's supposed to be here talking to these kids. Uh, it could just be okay. He's talking to reporters. Get him out of there. Or it could be he's talking off script. Easter Bunny, are you next to him? Go get him. Go get him. Out of the two of them, what do you think is more likely, personally? Um, it was too fast. It was too fast. Like, that's some cognitive dissonance. You're doing some gymnastics right now. No, but no I, I, <laughs> I think the second one. And you know why the second one? Mm. Because of how the, how the bunny positioned itself. He didn't go maybe, behind maybe the president. He's talking to reporters again. Get him out of there. We don't have a script for him today. Because that I, bunny I, went straight like... Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I don't he think tackled those reporters. I don't think it's literally... <laughs> and then like... about Afghanistan. Get him, get him, get him. I think it's more like... Uh, get him out of there. He's going to say something stupid. Just just get him out Dude, of there. Dude, a couple of days ago, they released a video, or a picture of him where he was in a meeting. And if he had a fucking card with talking points. Yeah. I, I mean... Uh, and what was it? It was something so ridiculous. Sit in your chair. And like the, the your was in capital letters, which I think is just amazing. I, I, somebody's writing that, right? So, the, so in that sense, the president is a puppet to somebody. Somebody's telling him, yeah. do this, do that. And and Dick Cheney was was the puppet leader of of um, um, George Bush. I mean, like this is not big secrets. There, it's, it's not a secret. And 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 like look, the thing is, and and all all due respect to elderly people. Our elders should be respected. Our sure. elders have lived wonderful lives, full of things that we can learn from as young people. I do not think that. Joe Biden, in his current state, as an octogenarian, is fit to be president. Okay. I don't believe that you can perform that job at that age. I like how you preface that. What time is the retirement age for a normal person? 65, no? 67, 68, depending on what country. Someone yeah. as young as 64 and 63, right? Sure. sure, yeah. So why the fuck is he, can he run for president if the rest of the world has to retire at the 64? Because the Constitution does not put a limit on the age of a president. I guess that should be should be reanalyzed that part because you can Look, be. I I don't want to talk too much about what there is an be age done. limit by the way for for presidency. You can't be a president before you're the age of I think thirty five. Well, well, yeah. So 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 there's a uh, yeah there's a limit to well not a limit. Um, what would you call it? You're not allowed to be president unless you're thirty six. I think. I think. I think. I think Obama was thirty eight, thirty seven, thirty eight, something like that. I think it has to do with George Washington because George Washington sat two terms. Yeah. And then he said. And then they, they based that on George Washington's age about when he became president and when he left office, which was eight years. Because originally people wanted to make George Washington king, but yeah. he was like, no, no, I, I, we want to have yeah. a republic. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to speak too much to what Americans should do. I mean, it's their country. They should do whatever the hell they want. They don't even know what they're doing. Um, who knows? 
<laughs> oh, no. You don't want to go to that to that level, well, <laughs> dude. It's, look, it's not my area of expertise. Sure. Um. So I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to say too much about what they should or shouldn't do. I will come back to your capitalistic point. Three hundred million people. The best two people they can find is Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Three hundred million people. Those are the smartest and brightest people they can well, find for office. Well, I, I will. I will argue with you that that's not the worst. The worst is. Donald Trump and Joe Biden, and these are the two best people we can find. No disrespect sure. to Donald Trump, no disrespect to Joe Biden. I'm sure they've done wonderful things <laughs> in their lives. I'm sure their list of achievements over the course of their lives will outshine mine till kingdom come. Sure. Um, but are they the best suited for the job? Some would argue Donald Trump was. I mean, he has a very loyal fan base who say that he is... He brought peace to the Middle East. And did not win a Nobel Peace Prize. Interesting, isn't it? Which is fascinating to me. And, and I have to, I'm, I'm going to preface this with something because I can already read the comments and, and, and know what they're going to say. I literally don't care who's the US president. It doesn't bother me. Democrat, what, it, nothing changes. But I will say this Donald Trump was a much more effective president than Obama from one perspective, which is what you just said. Okay. He brought peace to the Middle East. Obama got the Nobel Peace Prize preemptively for stating that he was going to withdraw from somewhere. I don't remember where exactly. I think it was Afghanistan or Iraq, one of them. And he didn't. So he preemptively got the Peace Prize for something he didn't do. Donald Trump actually did something. Now, you could agree with the actual modality of achieving that peace. And you could, achieve, you could argue that there isn't really peace yet, the, 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 the issue within Israel and Palestine hasn't been solved, and you can make a lot of arguments, and it's not really my area of expertise, don't care, not even gonna comment on it. But if you go to Dubai today, and you go to a hotel, you will find people eating kosher food, wearing yarmulkes. Mm. Unimaginable in 2015. Mm. Not even on the table. He just went and did it. Mm. Um, which is something that I would argue Obama could have never done. I had a Zionist Jew, by the way, on the show a couple of couple of uh, oh nice, couple of uh, weeks ago, and we we talked exactly about that issue about how Israel and and the rest of the Gulf region because of MBS's comments about uh, wanting to unify the GCC into a European Union style uh, 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 government. Look, it would be great. It's, but it has to happen. Well. Okay, I'm going to speak now as a European. Sure. Which is probably more my area of expertise. Sure. Europe is great. Okay. I love Europe. I like how you preface that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear the but. <laughs> Let's hear the however. Europe is great. Okay. Someone's, what's that quote? Everything before the but is a lie and everything after the but is the truth. Mm -hmm. Europe is great. Being able to travel from my country to any country I want by car. No stopping except to use the restroom in a petrol station. Is beautiful. It is beautiful. Being able to transact in the currency, beautiful. Having sort of a common basis of law, beautiful. But we have become extremely ineffective at governing. Extremely ineffective. Um, and I think that that is to the detriment of the people of Europe. Um, like, think about France, for example. But that's because of bad bureaucracy. Yeah. 
I mean, that's kind of my point. Yeah. Which is there's a European parliament led by no one. Sure. I'm sure there's a European president. Don't know who he is. Sure. No clue. Ineffectual. Doesn't matter. Um, for everyone at home, I said it doesn't matter. Sure. Um, and I would never want that for the GCC. Like the great thing about the GCC right now mm-hmm. is there's actually kind of a competition going on. And you can make fun of it if you want and say, well, it's sort of an ego thing. I don't think it is. There's a competition for talent. There's a competition for uh, companies, for prestige, for, for building. And I think that should remain. Okay, here's where we're going to clash on a few issues. First, Good. the European Union me up. Um, is trying to copy the US style of... of, of, of no. we, in the long scope, definitely. Definitely. Uh, they just announced, uh, uh, Germany themselves and France, that they want to have a tighter uni- unification. Uh, they want to ha- introduce their own FBI into the European Union. They want to unify the military force. Well, they should. Well, well, well okay. Well, what stopped thing. it, though? They should. What stopped it, though, was who? I have no idea. The UK. They were the ones who voted against it all the time. And yeah, fine. now well, that UK they've exited... was always an odd duck. Yes. Because UK still thinks it has an empire. Yes, well... The UK still thinks it's relevant. It has a commonwealth still till today. It does. Okay. Yeah, it does. Sure. Canada is part of the commonwealth. Uh, Australia or New Zealand? One one of the two is part of the commonwealth. Sure. A bunch of small islands still. Uh Uh-huh. And... Great. I I can't wait to hear what Micronesia has to say about the UK. Uh, Okay, who cares? The UK... Mm -hmm. ...is basically... A third world economy with a great financial center in London sure. where everybody loves to go and spend money. Sure. Um, 10% of the GDP is directly contributed from, from London. Uh, probably more. Um, direct. I didn't say indirect. Just direct is... is they they are languishing. Even probably, in my view, worse than Europe. They, they, they have no more industries. They have tourism. Um, everybody loves to go to London. But they are languishing. People love to go study there. Other than that, <coughs> what's happening in England? Not much. Europe, the biggest mistake Europe ever made was they need to, they, you can't have it both ways. You can't be a union and still have individual countries doing their own thing. You're Sovereign either, states are talking. You're either about. the US or you're just a loose bunch of countries that just have an open border. Pick one. Halfway is not the way to go. And I'm telling you right now, they're prefacing it to become more and more like the U.S. They're, they're seeing it. But when you look at the things from a macro perspective on the, on the global world, you see that Europe as a single sovereign state is not going to be able to, to compete with places like Russia, China, and the U.S., right? They, they should have done that. 200 years ago. Absolutely. But you are today where you are today. Well, no, no. Because 200 years ago, they were still having their wars and making Europe what it is. And and that's perfectly fine. They should have done that when it was 20 countries or 18 countries, when it was manageable. I don't believe it's manageable anymore. I think too many of the governments now are too anti-Europe to get to that stage. The, 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 I, re- I, I don't remember who it was. It was a finance minister for Netherlands, I believe. I forgot his name. Um, That's fine. I don't even know his name. Uh, uh, he, he made a very excellent point in his speech when he, when he was leaving office. He said, the, the EU is the only chance for peace in Europe, which is fundamentally the truth, because for 2,000 years, there's always been war in Europe, from ancient Rome all the way to the Second World War. Well, I mean, that's the basis for the Union, right? The basis for the Union is basically 
we never want to have this happen again. If we are completely economically integrated, we cannot have war. Exactly. And that's worked. Exactly. And that's how it needs to keep functioning. And, and the, I mean, you have states, you have, you, have, you have separate states in the union in the U.S. who want to secede. Texas, for example, has succeeded in the past. And that's why it's called also the lone state. And uh, it succeeded, I think, for seven or 14 years, something like that, uh, from the U.S. Uh, I think most Texans probably still think that they're their own country. And they, they are thinking of seceding again. It's 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 up for debate. Just how much uh, like like Barcelona is with Spain. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, um, would that ever happen though? The question you have to ask yourself is: Yes, there are people who are saying that, but would that ever happen? It won't. Who would have thought that the UK would exit the Union? Lots of people. That's. I mean, UK was never a part of Europe from a mental point of view, and I'm talking about the Brits themselves. They never felt. Of, they never thought of themselves as Europeans. It's funny that they that that you think that's the case when most of them retire in Spain or try to, at the very least. Well, <laughs> I think that's more trying to get away from the crappy weather. <laughs> Probably. Um, but 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 UK has always been closer to America. Think about 1984, mm -hmm. the book, not the year, mm -hmm. um, where you have the three major uh, the three major mega countries. The UK is lumped in with the US. Right? So even from those days, they realized the UK has a closer relationship to the US than it ever will with Europe. Sure. I hear where you're coming from. Um, but the special relations that the US and UK have is, is not as tight as what the British think it is. It's not. But what I'm trying to say is that Great Britain always had one foot in the EU. It never dived in. Sure. Texas is an American state. Mm-hmm. 100 American state, 100%. If you talk to any Texan and you ask them, where are you, what country are you from? They will say, I'm from the US. There's a saying in Texas, and it goes, I was born American, but through the grace of God, I was born Southern. So there is this preference right there. <laughs> preference is there, but what I mean to say is that the state legislature, the, 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 the governor, et cetera, et cetera, they all participate in everything that happens in the US. But don't forget there was a civil war. Federally. Oh, that's a long time ago. It's not that long. <laughs> Two hundred years is not that long. Longer ago than the than the than the Second World War. I mean, Second World War is barely even a century. Eighty years. This is a really fascinating thing. What I have a lot of conversations with people in that if if you look at it like closely, U.S. is one of the oldest countries in the world because every other country that you can think of has a change of rulership, both in Italy, which was. 1886, when it became from a a a, a pope king yep. to independent, um, you had Germany. Obviously, it was restructured in 1991 when the wall, walls came down. Yep. Uh, you have Russia that was restructured after 1991 when or 1990 or 1989. Well, 1989 and then yeah, 1991 when uh, the, USSR the USSR filed, yeah, yeah. fell apart, right? And even China, hmm. which was under um, uh, Mao. Yeah, and then finally had its People Party around nineteen eighty something or seventy four something like that. Well, they had the Cultural Revolution in the seventies, I want to say. Mm. Um, then you had Mao, and then you had. Uh, I'm not well enough versed in Chinese history, but you're right. From that perspective, even US Japan is, is probably one of the oldest countries in the world, having having its its sort of 
form of government for all those years. Although I suppose Britain was a constitutional monarchy. UK is the only exception in Europe that's managed to, to hold on for the longest that it did without any real restructuring. Although their kingdom, I mean, the their closest, empire has been restructured. Um, the closest was King, who, who's the current king? Uh, king, Rich, uh, king Charles. King Charles. The closest one that, that almost failed the monarchy was the original King Charles. Because he's King Charles the fourth, I believe, or the fifth, or the third. I don't know. I've never been interested enough to Charles to know. Yeah, King Charles was, was the original OG. Yeah. He was the closest that almost got the monarchy completely ruined. And that's wow. why they say it's a cursed name, King Charles. Because King Charles II also fucked up pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> well, who didn't back in those days? Come I mean, on, guy, okay, so, I guess so. Yeah, but it's interesting when you look at it from that perspective. Well, I mean, history... And that goes back to your point earlier about cancel culture, which is like so weird. Can cancel culture is so weird. Is it? Where you revisit history through a modern eye and, and you sort of try and judge people by today's standards. It's so odd. But it's, it's, it happens both on the right and the left. Yeah, I'm not taking it from a political point of view. I'm just saying it's odd. Yeah, because censorship also happens in Russia and censorship also happens in the US. It's just... <laughs> no, not, not censorship. On different sides. I, I'm speaking specifically to revisiting historical events through a modern... Uh, through through modern um, principles, modern uh, morality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's odd. It's mm. odd to me. It's odd to me to judge people from the past with today's moral lens. Mm. Like, I can't remember where I was reading this, but do you know that our generation of children, and let's say millennials, let's say fifties onwards, um, are the first kind of generation where children were loved as a default. Sure. Like before that, it wasn't necessarily that you love your kids. Sure. You have kids. Um, but they're more seen as a resource drain, as a possible... Uh, in Europe, yeah. Well, in a lot of places. No, 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 no. Not um, in the Middle East societies and stuff like that. In Bedouin cultures and stuff like that. You had yeah, like... Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Eight, maybe, maybe nine looking, kids maybe, and maybe three survived. At, yeah, I'm looking at this through, through a, Euro, a Euro historical... Sure. Uh, points of view. Fifty years ago, there was no there was no hospitals for children. A hundred years ago, you're expected by the age of yeah. five to contribute to the household income. Yeah. So so it's 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 hard to sort of think that people judge history today through that viewpoint. Like it's 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 odd to me. I think it comes down to people having too much too much time. Honestly, that's what it is. I think that's a very fair assessment. I'm not going to argue with you. I think that's just what it is. I think life has, has been so good for so long. <coughs> People are now worried about what statue is where and about what, instead of being like, hey, you know, go take a history yeah. class. Well, that's go learn something. Very, that's a super U.S. thing as well, right? I, in the U.K. as well. Come on. Are they tearing down statues in the U.K.? Yeah. Like who? Uh, they tore they um, a few of them down in London. They tore a few of them down in Manchester. Really? Yeah. Thank God, I don't reach, read enough news to know this. Um, sad. Even, they even changed names of universities, like Cass. Yeah, that is, that is super interesting to me. Um, Here in Bahrain? Yeah, they changed the logo for... Um, the, what's the university called, Danny? St. Christopher's, yeah. Because the original logo was the Templars. Really? Yeah. And they, they felt it was offensive to the Arabs to have... I had never imagined that that's what it was. But can you... I mean, it's, I feel it's, it's such a cognitive like dissonance. Like, 
the, 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 the Templars and the invasion of the Middle East under the church, first, second, and third, what was it? When, when the church sent people over to the Middle East, uh, crusades happened in the 900s. We're talking yeah. over a thousand years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like worried, oh, I, wow. you know, that, <laughs> that logo signifies it. Something that completely escaped. That is fascinating to me. But you see it everywhere. So odd. So odd. Uh, well, uh, look, I'm not an Arab. Sure. Obviously. Uh, so it never offended me, but okay. I don't know what to tell you. I, I didn't know and I didn't care either. I yeah, don't no, think fair. a lot of people, like people who have issue for it, look to have an issue for it. Yeah. I don't or think they're looking for something to have an issue with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think the Templars are something that is like top. <laughs> do they still exist? Uh, yeah, they do. They do? Yeah. What do they do? What are they up to these days? Uh, you know. Other than obviously controlling world government. No, I mean, the Templar exists as like this like... Um, society or something. No, it exists as a society as its own thing. The church obviously also has its own vanguard and stuff like that. I mean, it's a sovereign state, the... The, the, the Vatican. The Vatican. And they also have their own military force. Um, military force or police force? I they have Swiss both, Guard was... They have both a military force and a police, police force. Police force internally and military service as well. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff they don't keep on the books as well. Um, yeah, no, I look fair enough. I mean, I've, I've never really been interested in the Vatican, uh, to be it's honest with you. It's a fascinating place. Um, I've looked at the Vatican. Uh, didn't go inside. I think the lines were too big and I, I wasn't really that interested. Very beautiful. I'm sure they have a lot of old art that they stole from a bunch of places. Um, Why do people have to preference that? <laughs> Look, you know, you, you you take things that are good. If you win, it is what it is. <laughs> it is it is what it is. It is you, you, okay, you're one hundred percent correct. Um, and that's the same. The, the, that's why they're called the spoils of war. I guess I I like I never understood that concept of like 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 maintaining cultures or culture appropriation. I'm like, if it works well, and it's good, take it on board. So so th this is this is insane to me, insane to me. The whole idea of cultural appropriation is just insane to me. Because literally, creativity lives when you mix things. Mm. That's where creativity thrives and lives and breathes and you get awesome and cool new things. The idea that you are not from Japan, so you should not even think about wearing or eating sushi or doing anything from the Japanese culture, that is just so ridiculous to me. Why? Because you know what it is? It's segregation on the left. Uh, it absolutely is. And there are universities right now that have only black dormitories. And they say it's for the safety of the black students. But in reality, what you're, what you're doing is segregation. That's exactly I, I what did, it is. I did not know that that was happening. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Danny, can you look it up? That is... Pretty crazy. I did not know that that was happening. The world is a wild place at the moment. It is a wild place. It's fun. It's what a time to be alive. Let me see. Let me read that. Washington University. Uh, Washington, Washington State University. Establishes segregated dormitories. That is crazy. Black students only housing. How do they feel about that? I'd like to know how, how, how black this students is, feel about that. This is a very thing that I have a conversation with a lot of Americans. They find it fascinating that when they go outside of America, 
that people just call them Americans. Like they don't preference black American, Hispanic American, white American. They just go like, those are a group of Americans. Did you study in the States? Uh, I worked there for a bit. Which state? Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. In Georgia. And Georgia's kind of, it's one of these purple places, no? Yeah. Like I think Atlanta itself is probably blue, but Georgia is probably red. Georgia's red, but sometimes blue. Okay. Uh, Georgia was actually I think, the state where Trump lost. Yeah, I, don't, I honestly don't remember. Yeah. So, so what was your experience as, as an Arab? As an Arab? Uh, a lot of people thought I was Mexican, which was, it is what it is. I got called the son of a sand nigger, but it was like from a look without hate, mm -hmm. just like what you are. And I didn't find it offensive. What, what did he say in an endearing way? No, he just was like, oh, you're from the Middle East, so you're the son of a sand nigger. And okay. I was like, cool, didn't hear that, but that's, that's interesting. And it, I didn't, like, I looked him in the eyes. There was no, like, like anger. Did he say no... to get a rise out of you, or...? No, he what just was the context. It, it, he he was it just for some thing in his head. It just clicked. It was like, oh, that's what you are. You're not Mexican. Huh. You're son of a sand nigger. Okay. That makes sense, right? Uh, I mean, I don't think because I, would... I didn't. He like I remember sitting there in a the conversation with him. And I looked at him. And I was like, what? And he, he, I was like, I'm my dad isn't from Africa. What are you talking about? He's from the Middle East. Right. 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 And, okay. And I, I remember looking at him like that, and he, he. But I could see in his eyes there was there was no like vindictiveness, no like upset, yeah, or yeah, he wasn't. I suppose, I suppose intent is everything, right? Yeah. I. I mean, he was just a dude. He just didn't care. And I had another lady in the office who was who was telling me about how gay marriage is wrong, and I was like, cool. She's like, it 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 takes away it takes away from from real marriage because she was very Christian. Mm. And I was like, cool. Fair enough. But so, that, so if that's the only thing you can think of, I would say probably not a very bad experience. No. I didn't, like, I, I, I never, like, I, I never felt, like, unwelcomed in the, in the States. Because they're nice people. Most of them are. There, are. there are mean people, and there are people who just look to have an issue, but you find that everywhere but, in the world. But, but I would say, in terms of overall temperament... Let's say as a default temperament, they're pretty nice people. Um, I mean, I haven't gone to many states. I've, I've only been to a few. Um, but overall, very friendly, very, just very nice. I mean, I travel to the U.S. and I've, I've worked at places there, other, other than Atlanta. Mm. And it's, it's a strange you know country. You know what? Most people are actually nice. As a whole? Everyone in Europe is nice. Like, people in general are nice. There uh, are bad people. Sure everywhere there are people who are having a bad day there are people who are just generally in hate with the world for some reason but you know i've been to a lot of places in general most people are just nice here's where i would i would put an asterisk in it i think it's about how human people are and i find that the further you go west the more corporate it is like when i sit with people a lot for, especially with corporate people mm -hmm. they have this like 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 just fakeness. Yes. Right? And you find that in the US. You find it a little bit in Europe, but not majorly. There's a lot of people who wear their heart on the sleeve yeah. and are very genuine, especially in the UK, especially in Germany. And if it upsets you, it upsets you. But this, yeah. these are the facts. Hey, buddy, you know, this is what the balance sheet says. Yeah. Like it or don't. And then I find that here in the Middle East, it's, it's people's skins, I feel, are very thin. Huh. 
And I feel like if you say the wrong thing to the wrong person, you can very, very upset them. You know, I'm probably, because I'm an outsider, I don't experience that. I probably get a lot of leeway mm. as an ajnabi or you know, mm. whatever you want to call me. Probably your experiences may, might be different than mine. Cause I, would, I don't think I would ever describe this region as being thin-skinned. It's, it's thin-skinned in the sense that you, if you directly make a comment about someone, it can really, really like backfire on you. People can get very, very upset with you. And I had this on the show a lot when I'm like, have a talk to well, somebody. That, that, that's why, that's why Netherlands. Um, but, but let me finish this. The, sorry, let me finish my chain of go, thought. Go for it, go for what, 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 what is interesting though, that it, you find here is that he, people here are so human in the Middle East that you won't find anywhere else going to a, going to like a kebab shop mm. and they will invite you to your home. Yeah. Going to like a hairdresser or like getting like a head shave for me, for example, and my beard trim. You go to them three, four times. They're like, hey, come, let's have some coffee, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, the haircut is on us. You come all the time to us. That kind of like like respect and like community where they're like, hey, you're a customer, but you're also my friend. And the customer, you can be a customer. I don't care. Yeah. But it's important that we're, we have a good so, connection. Do you know what I mean? So, so the opposite is true where I'm from, mm. which, is, which is the Netherlands, where um, you're just told exactly what people think of you at all times um <clears throat> which if you're not used to it can feel quite hurtful um mm. but there's a book i'm reading right now uh, by kim scott called radical candor sure um and the central theme is basically you should be honest with people mm. brutally honest with the caveat that it's from a place of love mm -hmm. so you shouldn't just tell someone the brutal truth in a mean-spirited or hateful way. You should tell them from a place of love in that you want them to be better. If that makes sense. Sure, I hear you. So, so the Dutch people are very much like that. They will tell you exactly what they think, whether they think that you're being silly, stupid, whether what you just said doesn't make any sense. Um, they will just tell you. But they're not very innovative as a culture. Um, no, but I'm just saying this is the culture. Sure. Like you, you, what you see is what you get. Um, Danny. If, if your new outfit makes you look ridiculous, people will tell you you look ridiculous. From a place of love. But very difficult as an outsider to get used to. But the inverse is true on the other aspect that you were saying, where I could be going to the same barber for 30 years. I won't even know where he lives. I might not even know his last name. Interesting or where his family's from, or anything like that. So the inverse is kind of true, uh, on, on sort of both the points you're making in my culture. Um, Wait, here's my problem with, 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 with Scandinavian in general, and not just Dutch, but Norway, and all the rest of that lot, is there's well, a, tread, tread carefully. There's very little innovation that happens anywhere in that region, including well, Germany a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'll give it some, but take some. Well, well, Scandinavians are a completely different culture. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, Other than, uh, I mean, then, let's say Germanic. So, so, so Germ Germanic and Dutch mm. are very different than, than let's say Scandinavians. Sure. Um, they might look the same to you, but to us, it's like, no, no, they're completely different people. Um, but they have the same root language. No, not at all. Really? No, Scandinavian is completely different. I thought they, I thought the, the, they come from a genetic perspective, all the same and they carry the same, uh, mm, no. 
no, no. root language. I mean, even the French carry the same root language. No, no, Scandinavian is not Latin at all. Uh, French is rooted more in, in Latin. So, so in terms of form, uh, in terms of the way that they express themselves, etc. Uh, what was the original name for the, Fran for the French? The original name for the French? Yeah. The Saxons, I think? Frank. No. The Franks. Yes. Oh, fair enough. Which was, which was a, branch of, a branch of Germanic. But French is closer to Latin in terms of structure, form, even the, the words that they use, vocabulary, than our language or Germans. Germans are very, very different. Danny, can you look that up for me I, I, for, with the Franks? I think that the Franks originally were, 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 were Well, part there's something called being Francophone, right? Which, which means you, that you speak French. Um, but I would say that they I don't must be... Oh, I love that it does Google Translate for you. Yeah, I don't doubt that the, that it's that the French that they speak currently is rooted in Latin. So as a Roman language of the Indo-European family, ascended from vulgar Latin. From yeah, the so Roman Empire. But I, I'm wondering if the Frank, when did the Frank become French, basically? Uh, I mean, Frank became France, France became French. That's what I'm wondering, because the original Frank, from my understanding, Frank is F-R-A-N-K, Frank. Um, Frank's French. Can you type in when did the Frank become French? See, this is this is the kind of show I like doing on a podcast. Just like ex trying to, to learn something. There you go. When did the Franks, Franks become, become French? French? After 19, the kingdom became known as France because the new ruling dynasty, uh, the Carpatinians, obviously, were original dukes of Lede France, a mid in France the territory used. Um, why were the French called the Franks, Franks, uh, Latin Finke, alongside derivative norm. A derivative name given to the Germanic tribe of conference which emerged in the 13th century. That's fair enough, but their language is rooted in Latin. Look, the, the French language. Yeah, I agree with you. 100% rooted in Latin. I agree with you. The, the uh, Carpetiums changed it. Possibly. Because it says here, it's, a derived from the, it's derived from the name given to a Germanic tribe in conf, uh, con, okay, I can't read it, confederation, which emerged in the 13th century. I'd be interested to know what the location of that is, because that is probably in Central Europe, uh, in the Strasbourg area. Because the Strasbourg, Strasbourg, let's say, German area, mm -hmm. um, they're, they're very, very, very close to each other. I mean, we're all cousins. I mean, like, look, the size of Europe is very small. Europe is not big. Mm. Europe is tiny. Mm. Um, but but don't you not feel like almost? Uh, I mean, France, France, and Italy had obviously they were very fortunate in having the the Enlightenment the Enlightenment period. Mm -hmm. um, you had Voltaire, obviously from France. Okay. Who really essenced on like a like a, a dec a, a century of almost uh, scientific discovery and and, mm. and and real driven. But that's that's kind of all gone. Um. It goes back to kind of, okay, why, why were the Europeans so dominant back in the day? Sure. The Europeans were prob probably, okay, and don't at me, people, I'm not a historian, were probably so dominant because they were fighting each other for so long mm -hmm. that they were forced to make weapons, they were forced to be aggressive towards each other, they were forced to build ships and explore other places rather than just fighting each other plus the plagues that we had, 
plus, 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 plus. I think all these things sort of help to form Europe of, let's say, the 1600s or the 1200s up to just before the First World War. Do you, do you know why, why some historians believe that Europe was able to succeed so well? Why? It's because of landmass, because it's so close to the equator and it's easier for farmland to go vertical to the right and left than to go horizontal. No, horizontal it's easier than vertical up to down because the weather changes mm -hmm. as you go up and down on the globe. Not so much when you go across the globe. Okay. So it's easier to, to produce product, food, which allows for to maintain a larger population, which in turn leads to more economics and GDP because the population is the GDP is directly tied to um, population generally. Look, without without knowing about the research based purely on what you just said, I would call BS. That's what the, and, and the reason the I call BS is because there's no more fertile land than the U.S. I mean, the U.S. is super fertile. Uh, sure. Indian subcontinent super fertile. China, super fertile. Like, but those were also places. powerful empires, right? No, fair enough. China was an enormous powerful empire. No, no, but, but, but what you're basically saying is the reason why Europe was so dominant is because of the fertile land. Part of it was... And I, I, I would call BS on that part. Because, part? because think about my country. Think sure. about Holland. Holland spent most of its existence underwater. Mm -hmm. like, the only reason that Netherlands exists is pure sheer force of will. Mm -hmm. Not because it was a great place to be. Um, the Vikings very well knew that from Norway. That's why they traveled to the UK. To the, yeah, to I mean, the, UK was probably probably much better positioned from that perspective. But I think it's really because there were so many different tribes just fighting each other all the time. They were forced to develop new ways of warfare, better warfare. And they just happened to get a little bit ahead, right? Because gunpowder is not really a European invention, right? It's, it's a Chinese invention. But it depends on what, what, what ecocentric perspective of history. Because don't forget, the Mongol Empire was huge. With, with, with Dude, I just read a book on the Mongol Empire. Genghis Khan, do you know how many people he killed? He's the goat, dude. He killed 40 million people. He's in, the goat of murder. In, 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 without projectile weapons. Think about that. He no. had his swords and spears and bows and arrows, and he went ham. He, he yeah. went ham. Yeah. And so, think about this. He killed his brother. Hmm. He killed his brother. I like how well, you're whispering that. I don't think he's, 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 he's listening. Well, because it's, it's just so insane. He killed his brother when he was nine years old. Nine years old. He coordinated a murder. He coordinated the murder of his brother with his little brother mm. when he was nine years old. Mm. He, was a, he was basically an orphan. Mm. Genghis Khan was an orphan because his father died and his mother, well, sorry, back in those days, that didn't mean nothing. Mm. He did not have a tribe, which is a big deal in the steppe. I mean, the steppe is brutal, right? The steppe is basically mo the Mongolian area. Um, to go from literally zero to basically being the first global leader or global ruler at that time, incredible. Incredible. I mean... He basically ruled from, from, from Mongolia. He reached Germany. He chose not to invade Germany. Think mm. about that. That is crazy. I mean, he, he was put on fight with the Ottoman Empire at one point, or whatever the name is called before the Ottomans. Yeah, I mean, sure. Like, at some point, he died, and then 
the let's say his his progeny had to sort of rule, and then you get into the second generation. The four, third generation. yeah, the 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 four. Um, but but the last of the Mongols, or sorry, the Mughals, they died in the fifties or the sixties. I think as late as the eighties. Uh, somebody, somebody Google me right. But the last descendant of Genghis Khan, which was the Mughals of India. You mean direct descendant? Direct descendant, which is one of the five percent of, of the Asians' DNA is his <laughs> <is> direct lineage. <laughs> he had four hundred wives. Four hundred. Super true. Um, the last direct descendant, the ruling descendant of Genghis Khan, died in the sixties or seventies. Sure. Insane. Sure, but this is the problem with 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 how Western history is often taught is that we don't look at it from a global well because it's perspective. Eurocentric because it's exactly so you don't you, like for example, did you know that the Europe that the Roman Empire went to North went to North America at one point? I did not know that. No. So there we go. the 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 Romans were were maybe the first people who discovered the New World. No, it was probably the Vikings. Or, or, I mean, the argument is whether the Vikings or the Romans, but I think the Romans were a little before the Vikings. You know what I think? They found, like, statues, like Roman statues. That's crazy. <laughs> Buried in the ground. That's yeah. Crazy. That's crazy. They, 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 but don't you think that people have just been traveling to, to, to the U.S. or let's say to America or the Americas for centuries? I okay. mean, let's say... Christopher Columbus or whoever was the first official because it was part of an empire and a part of empire expansion. But probably people have been traveling in and out of the U.S. for centuries. I mean, the distance between the eastern side, so let's say Russia and Alaska, for example, is like nothing. Well, what did Sarah Palin say, supposedly? Uh, I can see Russia from my house. Mm. Uh, that's, that's actually not really an exaggeration. Mm. You could very easily travel from the eastern part of Russia into the U.S. Truck drivers go all the way through Alaska. Yeah, so so we sort of ascribe the Christopher Columbus discovered America, but people have been going there for, for centuries. Mm. It's just that he was the first European to sort of attach a commercial value to it, which is, oh, dude, they have lots of gold here. Let's... Bring a bunch of people in and 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 take it for for the king. Yeah, and it, and then destroyed the it, it destroyed the Spanish economy because of the abundance of gold. And yeah. then on top, and they used that gold to buy warships that the that the British then sunk. So okay. it was it, okay. it's, it was really an exercise of fertility. Okay, so so, so here, here here's a tangent. I'm gonna I'm gonna link it to space travel. Yeah. So, a lot of people are saying like, well, the space economy is actually worth trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. Sure. Because you could just, you know, go and mine an asteroid. Sure. And they have more gold or more name, you know, insert rare earth element here. Sure. That's worth trillions of dollars. Yes. At today's prices, they are worth trillions of dollars. But as soon as you start bringing that unobtainium back here, and there's plenty of it, it's going to crash the market and it's not really going to be worth that much. Not necessarily. Well, 100%. I mean, if you're, if you're talking about the quantity, so they're talking about... Well, um, you know, one asteroid is, 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 is more than the economy of Earth. Sure. Well, no, because once you bring the stuff here and it's bountiful and plentiful, it's, it's similar to bringing the gold from there to Spain. Not necessary. There's too much of it. Diamonds. Diamonds is an abundant you, you resource. You are talking about an extremely specific element that has a marketing machine behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, a marketing and a, let's say, ownership machine behind it. That is that is a, a circumstance that is not repeatable with stuff that we're talking. Well, about. let's let's think of it from a logic perspective, right? I mean, think about from the mining in space. It's going to be really, really, really high end technology, high risk, lots of patents. 
realistically, there's only going to be maybe five companies in the world that would be able to accomplish it at any viable resource wise, sure. right? So what are those five companies are going to do? They're going to sit there and be like, oh, we're going to see who can mine the most and sell it on the market. Hell no. They're going to sit together on a table and say, listen, we're going to agree that we're going to keep X amount of stock from those goods and we'll release it to the market at certain rates. And that'll be the end of that discussion. So, so it'll be like everything else. It'll be collusion and that will be the end of it. I would say highly unlikely. I, I, collusion already exists in so many industries. No, no, I, I agree. Um, it, it definitely exists, but but I would argue that um, you're looking at it from a very American capitalist perspective. Mm. Uh, Americans ain't the only ones going to space. Mm. Everyone's going to space. It's the hottest thing in the world, right? Everyone wants to go to space. If Europe ever gets its act together, we'll probably go to space. I was talking to someone from the <coughs> Saudi space program the other day. Mm. Saudi's going to space. Everybody's going to space. So I think that if it was just American companies, they'd sort of sit together like the old boys club and say, well, you get that asteroid, you get that asteroid. I think there's going to be intense competition uh, for these resources. I don't think so, because the same is what's happening with, with oil in the BRIC countries. And OPEC, it's, it's, they, they will come together like Russia and Saudi and everyone else will come together. Who, who is the biggest, who sits on the biggest proven reserves of oil? In the Venezuela. World? No, America. Venezuela has more oil than anywhere else on the planet. It's just nope. terribly managed. Can you look that up, Danny? Is it U.S. or Venezuela? No, it's, uh, I saw the list the other day. Uh, U.S. number one, Russia number two, Saudi number three, um, and then Venezuela is somewhere on that list. Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, Canada, Iran, oil reserves. Um, okay. I'm going to send you an article after the fact. Sure. Um, I like how this is the exact discussion we had earlier. Remember what I said? That as soon as Google says it, we yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. the major problem. We're doing exactly what we just talked about. Yeah. <laughs> that as soon so, as Google so, says so, it, we believe it. So there, there's a specific metric that's being used here, which is something called proven reserves. Mm. Uh, You're talking about float reserves. There's something called estimated reserves. Mm. Um, and, and the US, it was something like 45. It was some crazy number. But, but, but US was definitely number one. And this might not be factoring in all the new shale finds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Venezuela, by the way, does have a lot of oil reserves, but it's like the worst oil in the world. Uh, forget poorly managed. It is the hardest to get out of the ground, most expensive to get out of the ground. The stuff you get out of the ground is so high in sulfur, it's almost like tar. Like, I'm going to have to cut off. Sure. <laughs> but come back on. It's been a pleasure, dude.